This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vols. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as I hope it will always be, barring minor incident, is Lyle Fulton, and I am joined as ever by the brilliant Jackie Vors. Jackie, how are you this fine Friday afternoon? How are you doing? We're slightly later today, slightly later on a Friday afternoon. How are you getting on? How has your week been? My week has been full of personal training. My week has, my week has been full of running and weightlifting, as well as working, obviously. And did you know you always say my name is Barring Incident? Barring Incident. You... Yeah, no, I know. I know. What incident could there be <laughs> that loses you? I don't you? know. I don't know. Someone trademarks Lyle Fulton out of nowhere and I've got to go to court <laughs> and I lose and I've got to change my name by Depot. I don't know. I mean, I hey, think you know. an, is it an actor thing? Is it an actory thing that you might have, you might one day lose your name because there's another Lyle Fulton who shows up as Spider-Man or... You laugh, right? But that is a constant concern. You know, actually, it's, you know, bringing that up actually sort of really brings it kind of home to roost because actually, I mean, when it's weird, when you, we're going off on a tangent already, listeners, but when you graduate drama school and you officially join Spotlight, which is the database for actors across the UK and beyond, I think, although obviously in the States and in other countries, they have their own kind of memberships to various bodies and databases. But when you come to join Spotlight here in the UK, when you're signing up, you give them your actual name, your birth name, and then you are given the chance to have a stage name. And there are some very famous actors who don't use their real names over here in the UK. I mean, for example, Benedict Cumberbatch, his name isn't Benedict Cumberbatch. I think Cumber- I think Cumberbatch is his mother's maiden name, I think, and Benedict is a longer way of saying what his actual name is, which I believe is just Ben. I think his name is Ben Carlton in the actuality, and his name is Benedict <laughs> Yeah. Um, so there are all sorts, you know, I, mean, I think famously as well, really inventive one is Michael Caine is like Micklethwaite or something. Morris Micklethwaite. Yes, and, I heard that one. And he's called Michael Caine because when, when you join an acting body, you could you get the chance to have your own stage name. So I've always wanted to call myself what my original name was before it was butchered by the English. It's actually a French Huguenot name, which is DeVoe. Oh, but really? I I'm Jacqueline DeVoe, which sounds I mean, awesome. I'm playing think... on the Jackie Boars, which is really. Mm. It's never too late. I mean, what you should, what I should now introduce you as at the beginning of every podcast is <laughs> I'm here with the always brilliant Jackie Vores, or she's Jackie Vores for now. <laughs> I, I might get an email halfway through a week going, "Oh, I've changed my name to DeVoe, Jacqueline DeVoe." That, I, that's a great name. I mean. You know I love a segue. You know I love a tangent. I mean, Jacqueline DeVoe is actually a, would be a fantastic name for an it's influencer. It's a de Deville, isn't it? I really yeah. like it. <laughs> I will change my, well, I'm supposed to be getting married soon, so everyone's asking me if I'll, I'll change my name. So maybe I will just change my name by default. <laughs> 
you're allowed to i mean again my wife my lovely wife is not with me currently she's away in romania um, but by the time this goes out she'll be back and before we went live listeners um, jackie will tell you that um, i'll be very relieved when she's back because i'm on my own when she's not here and i get very bored which is why i'm going to be very chatty on this episode because jackie is one of the few people i've seen this week that i've actually been able to talk to so there you go but my wife did joke about the fact that she could just come back from having her name changed after we got married and she has to go and do all these things with her passport and a drive driving license and things like that if you're changing your name and she could have just chosen any old name and she was the sort of person who would have done just that she'd have changed her name but just going back to it Jacqueline DeVoe what a fantastic sounding name that is if you do decide to change your name segue listeners here you go Jacqueline DeVoe would be a fantastic name for an influencer and this week we're talking segue you segued nicely the segue klaxon's gone off ladies and gentlemen and i'm thrilled it has because this week listeners we've kind of gone a bit impromptu on this we as you know prepare what we're going to talk about every week and i send jackie a lovely briefing document that obviously gets read every <laughs> single week and i did this week and we still might talk a little bit about what we prepared over the sort of the course of the last few days but before we went live Jackie was telling me an anecdote about something that happened just this morning, which has links to influencer marketing and the world of influences, both domestically and worldwide, because it's now a huge, huge industry. And it's actually an industry that as PR professionals, we've had to adapt to, we've had to learn about, and we've had to tap into as well, because they can be a fantastic avenue through which to get your clients exposure but also increasingly you can become prs for influencers as well sometimes influencers require pring themselves i mean jackie first and foremost talk to us about this anecdote that you told me this story you told me before you went live and how it kind of taps into the idea of influencers and pr well it is i mean in a way i didn't realize that i had been subject to some of the best influencer marketing there is around at the moment the anecdote refers back to my son who literally woke up and his first words to me this morning, not mum, I'm hungry, not mum, where's my school bag, not mum, I need this and that for dinner tonight. It was there's prime in Sainsbury's. Well, he doesn't actually try to talk like that, but there's prime in Sainsbury's. Now, for those of you who haven't heard about this worldwide craze, that is sweeping the world. Prime is a soft drink, an energy drink mm. that has been developed, I say in sort of inverted commas, by two influencers, two YouTubers called KSI and Logan Paul. And so all these kids are following KSI and Logan Paul and that KSI is a singer, Logan Paul, I think is a musician as well. They have boxing matches, I think. There's yeah, all they've had boxing. I mean, they, again, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they've done a variety of different things. I mean, I remember KSI from when I was younger. He was essentially just a YouTuber. And I'm pretty sure Logan Paul as well was a YouTuber. But they've obviously, KSI does now have a music career. They have boxed each other. It's really interesting as well, because when they boxed each other, the reason for the boxing match, insofar as there can be a reason for things like this, because I'm not all that sure I'm a massive fan. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of boxing to an extent, but I'm not sure I'm a massive fan of like YouTubers getting in the ring and fighting each other. But the idea behind the boxing match was that they didn't particularly like each other. And that's why they've decided to box each other. And now all of a sudden they've gone from not liking each other and wanting to punch each other in the face 
to starting a business like together. Two millions made between each other to make you like each other. That's what exactly. I think. No, one hundred percent. I'll love you if I my partnership will bring me a few million. <laughs> anyway, so these two have come up with this energy drink called Prime. And it tastes disgusting, by the way. It really isn't anything to write home about. And even the kids admit that it doesn't taste as nice as Lucozaid Sports or anything like that. But Prime is now, these bottles literally fly off the shelves whenever they come out in any retailer. You're limited to the number of bottles you can buy at normal retail price. And indeed, if you walk up and down those um, dodgy shops in Oxford Street, they're selling individual bottles of Prime, which retail for £2 normally. They're selling those for up to £50 a bottle of this water. This is 10% coconut water, which is why it's supposed to be good for you. Even the design isn't that great. The point is, these kids are buying all these bottles. They are now reselling them amongst themselves. They're even buying them, drinking them, reselling the actual empty bottles on eBay. Yeah, there's a great story of a kid who's selling. I mean, I say great. I mean, it's very, they're showing ingenuity of sorts, but it is also 100% a scam, is that they're selling empty bottles for 40 quid a go, which is incredible. You know, it's amazing. I mean, the markets, I don't know what it's doing to the market or anything. It's incredible massive money spinner massive money spinner and there's even apps coming out now called prime tracker which you pay 89 pence for like nearly a pound for this app called prime Tracker, which will tell you which store that prime has been spotted in and it's that app is purely dependent on user-generated content i.e expecting other people to put in the app oh i've just bought some prime at this store or i've seen prime at this store So it's all a bit skewy and dodgy. Anyway, the point of the discussion was really to say, you know, that is a great example of people with influence being able to directly shift product. Mm. But it's a very unusual example. And in this case, it's their own product. But a lot of people do use influencers who have these great audiences like KSI, like Logan Paul, to sell goods. And this is, you know, you've started to see young people grow up with the ambition of being influencers. You see them on all these reality TV programs like Love Island and X on the Beach and all these different reality TV things. And they want to become influencers. And people are actually seeing becoming an influencer as a career move. So yeah. they learn how to use the social media platforms like Insta and Snap and TikTok. And in many ways, it can be a really, really good way to sell your products. And it should be part of the PR and marketing mix. And always has been, really. The weirdest thing is, it's just an extension of what I would call product placement. Yeah. When you use these products that would just appear in TV shows you know, James Bond driving the Aston Martin or with, does he have the Seamaster watch from Omega? I don't, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, well, me and Omega's been a, a, a James Bond kind of product placement. I mean, they've obviously Aston Martin, but they've had BM, there was a huge thing, wasn't there, with Pierce Brosnan, I think. When Pierce Brosnan was Bond before Daniel Craig, obviously James Bond has always driven an Aston Martin. And then Pierce Brosnan started driving a BMW in a couple of films. 
and it was a story out of nowhere because Aston Villa have kind of Aston Villa, Aston Martin have always been able to imagine Aston Villa advertised <laughs> in a James Bond film. Uh, James Bond just turns up at Villa Park, but Aston Martin have always kind of relied upon. I say relied upon. They, they could count on the fact that James Bond was going to drive an Aston Martin. Then BMW started turning up, and everyone was like, "Hang on a minute, okay, so if I want to look like James Bond, do I have to drive a BMW now?" But I think it's interesting what you say about the idea that kind of influencer marketing and influencers have existed for a long while in fairness to you actually i think you said that influencer marketing has existed for a long while but i think you would probably agree that influencers haven't necessarily existed for as long as influencer marketing influencer marketing involves like you say product placement and things like that but the idea of influencers and the idea that we kind of associate now products and the meritability and the desirability of a product with the personality who's advertising them is a very new phenomenon it kind of places a tremendous amount of pressure on individuals now you know if you're going to be an influencer I've got a family member who's an influencer just gonna hold my hands up she never intended to be I don't think Uh, she got really into her fitness she put lots of stuff up on Instagram and you know of her kind of like working out and kind of modeling things and all of a sudden when I spoke to her last I think it was at my wedding in fact which is a while ago now um but she basically was saying oh yeah like they just get in touch with me over Instagram and say yeah like really liked your feed if we send you some free gear can you wear it and model it for us and we'll you know we give you a discount code to put out there and she's basically getting paid in stuff she's not getting paid by them I don't think but she's giving free things to market now obviously that's an interesting case of someone who kind of accidentally falls into it but you're so right I mean I wonder have you encountered people you know in your son for example's friendship group or even your son himself who kind of have aspirations of becoming influencers themselves I mean it's clearly more of a thing than it's ever been I think my son's group they're still they just want to be footballers and stuff like that at the moment. I think it's more when they get to I mean, the girls, like the boys aren't that enamoured with the idea of being an influencer, but the girls really love doing their sort of like TikTok videos and things like that. So it sort of plays into that when you were kids. When I was a kid, everybody wanted to be a singer or a dancer or an actress. And it sort of, it feels as, as if it's in the same mould, whereas you, there weren't that many boys who wanted to be actors and who wanted to be sort of in the performing arts so I think it's sort of still seen in that light whether it will change I I don't I think it will I think people will start to see that they can become their own broadcasters you know they can run literally their own entertainment groups if they want to well it's also isn't it it's really interesting cultural shift I mean it quite it is the most seismic cultural shift I think we've experienced in the last sort of 10, 15 years, the idea that basically a job has been created. We're all about, you know, kind of technological advancements, meaning that new jobs are created within certain industries, within certain businesses. But this is quite literally, you know, a shift in, like you can now be, whether it's on social media or otherwise, I mean, influencers now do in-person meet and greets, you know, KSI and Logan Paul are there in person. So actually the very thing that they use to get themselves, you know, to grant themselves lift off, if you like, in their influencer careers, they now don't even really need because if KSI just turns up to an event, he's there in person, he's still earning loads of money and having an influence on his audience. I mean, from a PR perspective, how have you had to adapt to working with influencers, PRing influencers? Does it kind of run alongside? 
social media. Well, a really interesting thing because a, a lot of marketing departments see influencer marketing as, as something different to a PR remit. And I would argue it's really not. In fact, it should be pulled very much closer into the PR remit for a number of reasons. When influencer marketing was in its very early stages, it was put with social media, really, because the influencers were occurring on those platforms like Instagram and Facebook and all the social media platforms. But really, even social media, as we've talked about before, is coming closer to PR because it's all about the messaging and the interesting thing about influencers and the true influencers are the ones who are really authentic to their own brands who stick to their ideals and their visions and I'm really glad you brought up that your family member let's call her Jane Jane the fitness influencer so if Jane started you know dangling a load of chocolates in front of the screen and going "Mm, my favorite chockies today that would not work with her brand and her followers and everybody would know that she had been paid to do that and that they they would lose their kind of connection with her because an influencer's connection with its audience is a very authentic and passion-based connection mm. and if you muck around with that you lose your followers your followers follow you because they believed in what you've initially started out talking about exactly or even if it's something just as as fickle as watching you watching television because believe you me there are influencers that do that goggle box type thing which streamers as well who just play games it's, you know they're just playing games yeah, that they don't that that influencer mm. is loyal to their own vision of what they want to influence about they are a much more effective influencer so the important thing is for anybody who wants to use influencers, their messaging, ding dong, with the PR, their messaging has to be spot on in terms of what they want. And it's got to be aligned with what the influencer wants to be talking about as well. If you try to, with it's with influencer marketing, if you try to push a square peg through a round hole, it is never going to work. And it doesn't matter how much money you throw at an influencer. Like, for example, if KSI is talking to a very distinct group of young people who are all interested in music, energy drinks, trainers, fashion. Now, if KSI started to try to push a Stanner stair lift, <laughs> I mean, I'm using very extreme examples. Santa could pay him 50 million, but A, he wouldn't do it because he would look like an idiot in front of his audience. And B, I agree with trying to convert young people early to your brand, but that's going a little bit far. A bit far, yeah. (laughs) So with influencer marketing, I think one of the most important things is if you're going to use influencers, Use the influencers that are aligned with your brand values, your mission and your messages. Yeah. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is that, and this is how influencer marketing is getting really, really interesting. The macro influence, the big influencers, they seem like the holy grail. You know, if I can get KSI to talk about my brand, then that's great. That's it. Job done. Just one. So I'll pay him 5, 10, 20 million to do that. The problem that you have with that is that's a one hit. 
you need to do a cohesive campaign. You need that influence signed up to you for a, a long time. You need to be aligned. You need to be on message. You need to think about every single thing that can go wrong as well, which is why I come back to the fact that it should be aligned with, with PR. Because let's face it, we think about, I was talking to my son about this yesterday, actually. I don't think about everything that's great. I always think about what could potentially go wrong. So let's say that influencer gets into trouble for breaking the law, even worse, gets into trouble for breaking heinous laws. Mm. What are you going to do about that? No. You know, and, yeah. Do you have a strategy on how to manage? Yeah. Like if that does happen, because yeah, are you putting all your eggs in one basket with the money you're having to invest in influencers because they have such a high hit rate? Because the chances are, if it's spoken about by someone high profile, exposure is going to go through the roof, but then it does work both ways. Like obviously we're hypothesizing here quite strongly, but if you invest, like you say, if you invest very heavily in an influencer and then they do something fairly heinous and fairly wrong that's in the public domain because they're such a high profile individual, all of a sudden your brand, because you've gone all in on this influencer, your brand has gone from being associated to someone who's really exciting, really interesting and really unique and really high profile and is getting all the young people involved. Your brand is now associated with a person who has done this. And by extension, your brand is then associated with that in some sort of strange way, um, much as obviously rationally, you could argue, oh, but that shouldn't be the case. We don't exist in a rational marketing space like we all know that like you know people aren't rational when they're marketed to people are heavily irrational right actually influencer marketing exists and influencers exist because of an irrational sensibility if you see what i mean you know like i mean i'm obviously getting on a bit now right and i know that's gonna frustrate some people because i'm not yet 30 but i'm like not, i'm not the demographic that influencers are appealing to but ah, no lyle this is where i'll disagree with you you think Yes, absolutely. Oh, because, I don't know. Because you find that you're only seeing influencers as those guys like KSI or Logan Paul. There are influencers in every profession, in every trade, in True. every walk of life. You will find somebody who's an influencer from a swimming pool installation man through to my cleaning ladies are doing Instagrams. Brilliant. Everybody can be an influencer. They're doing so TikToks as well? Cleaning TikToks. TikTok. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Love it. You do find that, and in every industry, in every trade, you know I do upholstery. Yes. There are influencers in upholstery. I follow a lot of influencers on Instagram who are showing reels of stitching and coverings. and. In fairness, I take your point because I, uh, with my wife, when we were looking to buy the house, which sadly this has fallen through, but it's all fine. We're, we move on, we're onwards and upwards. But when we were looking to buy it and when we do so again, and even now when we're renting this flat, we watch reels of home improvement influences. You know, the kind of ones, you know exactly the ones I'm talking about as well, listeners, where there's kind of like it's sped through as a house improved before your very eyes because they've taken kind of like stop motion images of like the uh, home improvement sort of stuff they've done with their voices over the top going. And we decided that this uh, marble surface for our breakfast bar wasn't quite the right vibe. So we ripped that out and moved something new in. And I hate that I love it so much. <laughs> I do really well, enjoy it. Who have literally funded their house refits on the basis of being influencers so you know you have people being given 
pots of Valspar paint or Farron ball paint or Wix building materials, you know, they will all get these freebies, these contributions to, I'm just, I'm struggling. So this is a off the cuff session, but um, <laughs> I do know of an Instagram influencer who literally has completely renovated their house on the basis of the contributions they're getting from different companies and people and everything else and well there's a cleaning one as well isn't there i mean the big cleaning one i think is called mrs hinch oh mrs hinch now she's become a personality in her own right now she yeah on daytime television with her hints and tips on how to clean more efficiently my wife had her book hinch yourself happy there you go yeah. so their influence we're going back to the macro type influencers but let's look at the little micro influencers and this is where you can get much more bang for your buck you can get much through cut through to very authentic audiences smaller pockets of passion groups than you can with this sort of very broad brush so if you want to view influencers like the media you can look at the Mrs. Hinches of this world as like your national press, like big print runs that are very broad based. But then you have your individual magazines like Country Life or Doctor Today or Upholstery Today. And those would be like your little mini influencers who are all doing very specific things on their platforms that appeal to specific groups and this is where influencer marketing gets really quite interesting because you could be a manufacturer of long needles and you want to or or needles let's say so you could sell your needles to surgical people or you could sell your needles to sewers or upholsterers schools factories all sorts of things. Yeah, you could be that needle man, but you could find an influencer in every single one of those places rather than doing the broad stroke of trying to find one person to cover all and be the holy grail. So because of the complexity of finding these little wonderful needles in a haystack, these little influencers who have their lovely influencer groups, There are platforms now that you can sign up to that help you identify those people. And they're actively out there searching for influences in every single different walk of life. So one of the industries that we are very heavily involved in at Demoso is the games industry. And we've worked with a great platform called Matchmade, for example. I'm probably missing a load of influencer marketers that I know as well. There's um, individual consultants and other platforms as well, but I'll use... Well, we want to hear from influencers as well. So we want to hear from... If, if you have had an interaction with Jackie of some description and you are an influencer, come on the podcast because we need... You know, I think we're demonstrating that we know a lot about influencer marketing and influencers at large, but could know more and you know i mean what better way to kind of like start to learn more than by speaking with influencers but you were saying anyway you you were saying yeah, so with... a platform like matchmake could be used to put you together identify what your budgets are what your messages are what the content is that you can use to work with an influencer there's an awful lot of preparation that goes into working with an influencer and speaking to them and helping because they're basically a mouthpiece for your product We started talking about KSI and Logan Paul, but they're a mouthpiece for their own product because they're exploiting their own user base. You know, they have a a brilliant user base there. They're like, oh, what can we sell them? Let's make an energy drink. 
And this you is know, the thing, I feel like they started out as influencers when they were YouTubers, as in they started out with, as kind of like, they had their own material, they had their own content that they were putting out there via YouTube. And as their YouTube channels blew up and as the YouTube channels got more and more subscribers and it's got more and more popular, all of a sudden then they became influencers because companies would get in touch with them and say, can you wear this item of clothing on your videos? We'll sponsor your videos, we'll do this, we'll do that. And I think you're right in what you say now, because now because they are celebrity, they're not influencers. I mean, KSI and Logan Paul in of their own right are now celebrities. And I think there's a difference because the second I don't you think become there a... is. I think there's a real blurry line. But the second you become a celebrity and you're given something to market, you're no longer I mean you're no, influencer you're, marketing. You're, you're yeah. the ultimate influencer if you're yeah. a celebrity. Yeah, but that's face to a brand. That's slightly covered, I think yeah. We covered Phil and Holly, didn't we? Did, yeah. When they had their massive uh, mistake, rather than <laughs> the, the naughty potty word, <laughs> they made their massive mistake with how they handled the bad fallout from their skipping the queue to walk past the Queen's coffin and pay their respects. There was this massive fallout. Phil and Holly, who are two daytime TV broadcasters in the UK, very famous. Each of them have their own celebrity endorsement deals that they've cut with loads of different types of brands and lost deals over that particular thing. So the interesting thing about using influencers is, you know, this coming back to this sort of like things can go wrong is working out what could potentially go wrong and making sure that you're covered for that, which is why I kind of like using the smaller influencers, the ones who are much more direct through to the groups, because they're not going to be famously getting out of whack. I mean, I did once. Ah, oh, I'm going to tell oh, you gosh. a terrible story of working with an influencer. Can I name that influencer? I don't think I can. Let's leave it. Better, better like, off not doing it. Anyway, she was a relatively famous C-lister, a Love Islander, basically. And we were looking after a dating app and they were looking for different influencers to use. She wasn't the only one. And we signed a contract with her. And literally the minute the contract was signed, she decides to announce a, a high profile relationship with another reality TV star which completely negates the reason for being on a dating app. Yeah. So luckily, because we're a PR agency, <laughs> we're able to work with those kind of circumstances. We put it, we had already thought about things that could go wrong. This was one of them, luckily, and yeah. we did handle it accordingly. But that's just a really great example of when you're using influencers, you need to think about all the good side of it, but also the bad side of it. 100%. And also, most importantly, you have the beautiful opportunity with influencers and social medias and influencer platforms to monitor feedback. You don't get that with many other forms of media. You do a bit with community management, and that's something we should come on to and, and, and cover in a pod someday. Yeah. It's beautiful opportunity to really see what people think of your brand because they write comments they enter competitions you get some really direct feeling for your audience and the well, just some very clear metrics as well don't you I mean like quite literally likes views comments are just 
front yeah, and center all, black and white metrics, aren't they? You know, it's see how think, people are engaging with it. Yeah, this is the thing. It's all about engagement. So, you know, you could have 10,000 likes on something. It's not necessarily going to shift the needle when it comes to product sales. What is going to shift the needle is when somebody maybe enters a competition, gives you their data, and it's run properly. I mean, there are the other thing. That's another thing to bear in mind. There are guidelines, very strict guidelines, about what influencers can and can't do. And we've seen big influencers like Kim Kardashian and everything else get into trouble for promoting in, I think it, it, with Kim Kardashian, it was cryptocurrency. And when an influencer is promoting crypto or things that will shift financial markets, that's a very sort of shady area. They have to be very clear that this is something that they are promoting and have been paid to promote. Because if they say, oh, hey, I made this amount of money because it's great and you should do it too. Everyone should get involved in crypto. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's using influence in the wrong way. So there are quite strict guidelines on what influencers should and shouldn't do, which is another reason for, you know, looking if you're not very experienced and if you don't know the ins and outs of influencer marketing, and I'd love to bring somebody on board. In fact, maybe I'll get Jiri from Matchmade to come and talk to us about it. That'd be great. Yeah. But if you're not really over all of that, and if you're not really very clear about the whys and wherefores of how to work with these people, the platforms are actually a good resource because they handle the contractual stuff. They've usually seen what can go wrong and they've usually, you know, they've usually built that stuff into their contracts as well. So it seems a lot simpler when you look at the likes of Logan Paul and KSI. It looks so simple, but as with everything, you there ain't nothing in this world that comes for free, and there's certainly certainly not free using influencers, and it is tricky, and it has to be done with caution. Exactly right, and also I think you've touched upon a really interesting point there with the example you use, and beautifully diplomatically as well, insofar as that no names were mentioned, uh, no influencers were harmed in the making. Of- <laughs> But you mentioned, obviously, as well, that as an influencer, I mean, for example, you and I host this podcast every week. I'm very fortunate to be in a committed relationship with my lovely wife. But if I wasn't and I was just out and about on the dating scene, I wouldn't feel under any pressure not to go on a date and start a relationship with someone. And the effect it might have on us doing this podcast because I'm a podcast host and the two are kind of mutually very different. Whereas, obviously, as an influencer, you kind of have to be on brand all the time because you're seen all the time so anything you're seen to do like you know if like ksi or logan paul can't go and drink a red bull and be photographed drinking a red bull now because they are the owners of prime energy drinks so if they just decide that they just fancy a red bull because they're walking down the road and they pass an off license oh, i fancy a bit of a pick me up or you know they only have red bull here and they get papped drinking a Red Bull, shares or whatever their structure is, business structure, I'm sure there are shares in Prime, um, but, you know, shares in Prime just drop through the floor. Because hang on a minute, the the founder and creator of Prime Energy Drink isn't drinking his own, do you see what I mean? So there's obviously, that's a really, really good point you make. But I kind of like to finish this influencer episode with a question that I've heard you ask a few times when we've been in weekly meetings when it comes to kind of a PR approach to influencers. And it's something that, 
going to mention my dad again. The mentioning of dad klaxon has gone off as well. Uh, and the same as a segue. My dad's been very into for years and years throughout his career, a phrase, a kind of a mantra, if you like, who watches the watchman. So he's been an analyst in his time, uh, among other things. And he then kind of set up a business where he was like kind of analyzing analysts and analyzing that space. And you've asked a question before, who influences the influencers? I've heard you ask that question a lot. And that's kind of like PR holy grail. Because if you can find who's influencing the influencers, then you've tapped into basically a gold mine. That means you don't have to go to the influencers themselves. You can go to the source. But can you just kind of explain and, you know, elaborate on what you mean by who influences the influencers and whether you have an answer to that and whether you're prepared to give it away? Uh, (laughs) I do think that is a bit of the holy grail. And I think, you know, that influence can come from anywhere, really. If you just look at somebody like, well, let's, let's use KSI. Who influences him? Probably his mom. So, you know, can we get to his mom? (laughs) it it is quite interesting so what I usually do and when we're talking influencing influencers we're usually talking in a b2b format influencers are by the very nature of what they do usually content starved because they're churning out content all the time they're always looking for the next thing they want to do the next thing they want to showcase the next thing they want to say just like us planning our podcasts you do very diligent plans Lyle which I never read and it's just becoming a running joke to <laughs> at least one of us knows exactly what's going on I I do not but <laughs> that's very kind of you it's very kind of you to say uh i I think at the best of times i kind of only (laughs) half know what's going on um but you know i've just kind of at least you know kind of got something (laughs) in the background there which is why i've kind of been a bit scatty and weird because i did not write a document for this episode i'm I'm, you know i'm riding without a seatbelt listeners there's no seatbelt on this is a seat of our pants episode i'm loving it though i'm loving it when you're looking at that, you start to think about, and I I say this all the time with PR, you're constantly putting yourself in other people's shoes. You know, when we're doing press releases, we're putting ourselves in a news editor's shoes because we want to know what they want to be writing about, what they want to hear as news. So in this instance, as people who want influencers to use our content, we have to put ourselves in their shoes. And if they're content hungry, where are they finding their content? Now, that's the clue I'm going to give you. So I would do, I call it my own CSI process. So if I'm starting to look for influencers in a certain area, let's call it data. People who are influencing in the big world of data, an IT influencer, where's that IT influencer going to get his information? Where's he going to get that content? Well, there's a mixture of places. You've got forums. You've got obviously plain media like, you know, computing, computer weekly, ZDNet. So I would start looking at all those different areas, individual newsletters. So influencers usually will have information sources that they rely on that will bring them their information that might steer what they're going to do. Influencers are also influenced by other influencers. So you might find that KSI has a great hero in Logan Paul. No, but do you know what I mean? There there might be hero influences that he follows. So there's always somebody that influences an influence. And if you want to take that path 
it's quite an interesting path to tread. Exactly right. And I think it's also a really interesting way of approaching these high profile individuals and kind of getting them on side. You can start to develop partnerships with these people these individuals their teams because as well i mean i imagine influencers are approached by just an array of businesses on a daily basis and you kind of have to start to stand out from the crowd in terms of the the due diligence you've done before you approach them how much you know about them because obviously i mean if you approach an influencer and you're one of the thousand people they've heard from that day who's just gone oh yeah i just know you've got loads of instagram followers they're going to turn around and go, oh, great. Well, yeah, I mean, but you could just literally search for me and I'm like the top of my name. And you could probably tell me how many followers I have. PewDiePie, who is one of the first ever games industry influencers, his agent takes payment to consider putting your proposal to PewDiePie. Wow. You have to pay that person. To to even consider it. Consider it. No guarantees that they will put it. To take their time to look at your proposal, to then potentially put it forward. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So this is why I kind of like steer people away from the big money guys, because if you do do something with them, you don't want to be a one hit wonder with them because it's here today, gone tomorrow. You'd need to be with that influencer in a partnership long term. And that's very costly as well. Whereas you could be spreading your money and using your money much more creatively in a much more direct and meaningful way, appealing to the same audience. But it all comes back down to this is the thing that we talked about with social media, with press, with everything else. It all comes down to your message and the holy grail of getting that those messages across multiple touch points. So... Whenever you are looking at doing any campaign that is based around any kind of communications, you need to have gone through that process of your messaging. You need to understand how aligned it is with the passion centers of your audience. Then you identify your different channels. And it might turn out that an influencer isn't actually a great channel because a lot of the influencers in your industry might be very negative about the sort of thing that you do. It comes Um, back down to it, doesn't it? It comes back down to, and we've had conversations about this in the podcast before as well, uh, the client approaches you as a PR agency and goes, first port of call, I want such and such an influencer to market my products, market my content. And we turn around as a PR agency sometimes. I mean, we're lucky with our clients, but some PR agencies might have to have this conversation and go, just don't think it's the right avenue. You might have this pie-in-the-sky idea of having PewDiePie do something with your product but we're going to be spending so much money trying to get it in front of them that it's just it's not going to wash and also i just don't think it's the right thing they're not going to take it it's probably even if they do take it it's not the right like train of thought it's not the right line to take this thing down so you've got to be yeah you're so right you've got to prepare you've got to be aligned uh and also by the way listeners it goes without saying uh and i hope the two i'm about to mention are listening to this episode of the podcast it's kind of you know we talk about running jokes it's uh, becoming a bit of a theme this uh pewdiepie ksi if you're listening, and I know you are, I know you are, okay, in particular, I know you are, as you sit on a, a sort of stockpile of prime, prime. not releasing to the, <laughs> to the to the general public, which is why there's just this clamour and this like incredible market that's like nothing I've ever seen uh, in terms of markups for just some energy drink. My brother was asking for prime the other day as well. I was like, what? Why? No, uh, I can't find it. And no, it's like 20 pounds where I am. So no, I'm not doing it. But if you're listening, 
we'll have you on the podcast. Get in touch, info yeah. at the com. We are always very, very happy. But joking aside, influencers, because we're going to bring this one to a close uh, this time, listeners, but influencers, if you are out there, and I know you are because I see you every day on my social media, if you're an influencer and you want to come on the podcast, we'd be really, really keen to have you on because it's a side of an industry that we, you know, Jackie and I know a little bit about because it's, you know, we, we sort of work with influencers on a day-to-day basis, but it'd be really interesting to get the take of an influencer themselves, you know, kind of what is, what's it like to be an influencer day to day? Like how do you run your business? How have you been approached in the past to market products? How have companies engaged with you? What are the pitfalls? What are your tips to getting into it? All sorts of questions we'd love to ask you. So do get in touch, but we're going to run through some T's and C's listeners, as I always do at the end of our episode of the rest is PR. If you would like to get in touch, if you're an influencer, if you're KSI, if you're Logan Paul, if you're PewDiePie, if you're, I don't know who else, I'm going to think there's probably, lo- if you're Mrs. Hinch, if you're Mrs. Hinch and you want to come on the podcast, Mrs. Hinch, I think my wife would explode if Mrs. Hinch came on the podcast. So if you are up for coming on, we'd love to have you on, then please email us at info at the rest is PR.com or you can message us on LinkedIn, Jackie and I, you can message uh, Jackie or I on LinkedIn. Or you can follow us on Twitter at the rest is PR with capital T, capital R, capital I, and obviously capital P. Uh, you can also email us info at demozo.com and speaking of which if you want to see how demozo are getting on and what they've been up to their dealings with influencers across the board then you can head over to demozo.com and listeners thanks so much for joining us on this a thousand plus stream podcast which we haven't mentioned at all in this episode but we need to keep saying it thank you so much for your support it's been absolutely incredible and we will see you next week for another exciting installment of the rest is br same time next week jack stuff well from Jackie and myself thank you so much again for listening and it is bye for now